again, I, I don't know what other universities are doing, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, do you cut your nose off to spite your face? Because as America is becoming more brown, they're going to have to change the way that they approach our communities. And, and it is on us to force them to do that. That was Dr. Leon Jackson, Chancellor of St. Joseph's College of Marion University, talking about how the institution is preparing and nurturing diverse talent to pursue higher education and executive leadership roles in our Indianapolis corporations and organizations. And this is IBJ's The Freedom Forum with Angela B. Freeman. So, Leon, it's so good to see you again. I think the last time we saw each other was likely around Indy Chambers Leadership Exchange trip in 2021, I think, in San Diego, California. So it's been a long time. And I'd like to welcome you to the Freedom Forum. Now, before we get started, I'd like you to please tell our listeners a bit about you, your educational and professional background, and any other personal factors that led you to become an academic, a teacher, a professor, and an inspirer of students. Well, thank you so much for, for having me. Being in your presence is always an honor. You know, I, I think the last time that we saw each other was around Lex, and, and you served as the co-chair for the 8317 group and, yeah. and served as an individual who who selected me to be able to participate in, in such an, an amazing experience. So thank you and, and thank the chamber for that opportunity. And so, yeah, I'm Indianapolis kid, born and raised, actually born in Anderson, but moved to Indianapolis when I was about seven. Went to tech high school, very, very proud, proud, proud tech titan. And, you know, went there, graduated in 99, went to Indiana State where I studied and, and obtained my, my marketing degree. Came back to Indianapolis for about a year, worked for a place called Martin Center mm -hmm. doing health education. A friend of mine called me and said, hey, let's move to Vegas. And I said, say less. <laughs> so, so I picked up and I moved everything I could to Vegas, you know, got there and, and in the middle of the night and, you know, thought I had a job lined up, but they played me. It's all good. I, I bounced back. As a, as a kid from Techwood. I've been there, so I get it. <laughs> and so, you know, served as the director of marketing for Qdoba Mexican Grill in Las Vegas. I did marketing for MGM Casinos, started a couple of nonprofits. And as I was, you know, having success in the nonprofit space, I was watching a, a Floyd Mayweather fight and a gentleman comes up to me and says, hey, you know, you should go get your master's degree. And I'm like, nope. No, thanks. <laughs> he comes to me a little bit later in, in the evening, says, hey, you know, you really should go get your master's. And no, no, no interest. And, you know, finally comes to me, he says, you know, Leon, you should, you know, why won't you go? And I said, well, I don't want to take the test. And he's like, well, I'm the dean of education program at UNLV. You don't have to take the test. So I said, I ain't got no money. And he said, well, I'm the dean of education program. I got money. I got scholarships I can give you. And I said, I'm like, okay, well, when does school start? And it was a Sunday night by this point. If anybody knows boxing, it kind of bleeds over into the next day. Yeah. And he says, well, classes start on Tuesday. I need all your stuff in on Monday. And so I'm like, okay. So I, I scramble, I get everything in. I start classes on, 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 on Tuesday. Wow. Fast forward, I'm finishing my master's. My master's in workplace learning performance from UNLV. And I had a Korean professor. She never said anything to me. She never spoke my name. I didn't know she knew my name. And... I'm in my last class with her, finishing up my master's, thinking about kind of what's next. Right, you know, I'm, I'm right. moving out of Vegas, you know, trying to trying to do something different, you know, really kind of have my eyes set on Florida. And this professor comes up and she says, 
Leon, you should go get your PhD. And I'm like, what? Like, why are you talking to me first off? That's strange. <laughs> you ain't talked to me in, in two years. But now all of a sudden, you, you got a whole lot to say about a doctorate program. And so I'm like, nah. She's been you, watching you. You know, and I'm like, nah, nah, it's okay. So she comes back to me again a couple other times. And she says, you know, finally, you know, if you don't at least apply, it's going to affect your grade. Now, if you'd have told, you know, 17, 18, 19-year-old Leon that, that if my A is going to go to a B plus or a B, cool, I'm, I'm going to take it all day. But I worked hard. So I'm like, okay, when is this thing due? Well, you got three days. And so I'm like, okay, all right, I can, I can get this in. So it was a Thursday. I submitted all my stuff, you know, Saturday. Sunday night, I get an email saying I have an interview on Monday. And I go and I do the interview and I walk in the room and it's her interviewing me. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got set up. Yeah, yeah, here's the setup. <laughs> but, you know, I, I kind of got punked into that one as well. And so what I always say is, you know, I was, I was stupid enough to listen to people who cared. Yeah. And, you know, I was a kid at 14. I moved out of my mom's home. I moved in with my best friend and, and his mom. And I knew when, when I went to my mother, I was like, mom, I think I'm going to drop out of, out of school. And she said, okay. You know, my brothers had dropped out of school and it wasn't a big deal. And then I went to my best friend's mom and I said, hey, I think I'm going to drop out of school. And she picked up a knife and chased me. And that night I asked her, I was like, is it okay if I stay here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, it, and for, for me, I knew that she wanted so much more for me Absolutely. because of just that, that act. And to that day, I, to, to this day, I, I call her mom. You know, I, I keep her, you know, informed. You know, my kids call her grandma, the whole nine. And so... You know, was in Vegas, finished my, my, my doctorate. My, my son was about to be born and my fiance wanted to, to be here in Indianapolis. And so I'm like, I'm going to leave the snow. I'm back to the snow. I'm back to the snow. <laughs> but all good. So I came back. I moved back in, in um, January or February of, of 2016. Worked at Indiana Black Expo for a spell and then met Dr. Britt, Kenneth Britt over at Marion. And he said, hey, we need you over at Marion. And so I transitioned over there. And we had not only great success, but great fun. It's been a pleasure and an honor to, to work with him. And so, I mean, really just had a, a great, great run. And, you know, the first day on the job at, with, with, with Dr. Britt, I got an email saying, hey, you know, we, we, we extended our deadline. You still can get your MBA at the University of Notre Dame. Now, I was telling you before, my, my mentor is, I have several, Bob Osley, Bill Mays was a great one, Judge Shaheed. And and Bill Mays would always tell me, you know, you know, forget that law stuff. You know, the businessmen hire lawyers, lawyers don't hire businessmen. And so I'm like, okay, so I, I want to get my MBA. I mean, he really inspired me to to want to go do that. And so it was kind of one of those bucket list things that I wanted to check off. So I got this email, I go to Dr. Britt and say, hey, you know, what do you what do you think about this? And he says, You absolutely go for it. And the funny thing about him is Notre Dame's not cheap. And so he, he asked me, he's like, well, how much does it cost? And I say, you know, well, it costs, you know, $140,000. And he says, okay. And so I leave his office and he sends me a text message with 20 schools in the area that are, are much cheaper. <laughs> That's how he knows if I cares about yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's like, dude, this is expensive. But, you know, we, we I've been very, very, you know, grateful and happy for my experience at Marion. I've been the chancellor for St. Joseph's for about a year after some time with the education program and, and working with Dr. Britt and Dr. Turner, Latian Turner, who's now the dean. Also working with Dr. Roski, who's the 
the new dean of the the, the business school at Marion. And so I've had an opportunity to kind of see a lot of the spaces there. And then last year I was asked to serve as the chancellor for St. Joseph's College, which is the Earn and Learn College, part of Marion's, under Marion's umbrella. That That's pretty impressive. I, I was joking with you earlier that you are one of the few people that has more degrees than I had. Now, <laughs> I didn't know this story that you got punked into uh, all these degrees. Straight punked. But you know, that's that's a pretty good punk when you're getting punked into a doctorate degree. Straight punk. Know? Straight punk. I got straight punk. <laughs> this little Asian lady, this little Korean lady, she just she just looked at me and was like, I'm going to give you a bad grade. And I'm like... <laughs> So, but but I, I I'm very thankful for her and, and the people who have all invested in me. You know, a kid from tech who, who who you know grew up on welfare. You know, we literally moved every single year. Not until I was much older did I even you know have a a, a bed. You know, own my own bed. You know, we we picked up beds off the side of the street. That's yeah, a, that's how poor yeah. we were. But to be in this space and, and and have this opportunity is a blessing. You know, I really am grateful for Dr. Britt, President Elsner, and my team over at St. Joseph's with you know Shauna Jagby and 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 Dr. Bessie Regacos and and Eden and and Kenneth Franklin. I mean, we have a great team, and we're really excited about the opportunity we have to serve students here. So in this time of you, you know, getting duped into continuing your education and continuing your education, clearly you were a great student because the professor saw in you yeah. the opportunity to keep going. And, and so that may have positioned you in a way that didn't necessarily allow you all the experiences. So my question is, and what I'm trying to get to is, what were your experiences when you are not only pursuing your academic career as a student, but also on this trajectory as an academic career, particularly as a black man, a diverse man, coming back to Indiana, okay, you know, how does that change from out in Las Vegas? And what have been some barriers, or have you had an experience very similar to mine where I know I have overcome or not necessarily been faced with so many of the historical and obvious barriers that, you know, people of color and women have faced. So tell me about your experience. I've been very, very fortunate, you know, coming from tech. I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, my first year in college, I I, I got a a check in the mail and uh, it was $4,973.53. I'll never forget that number. And I go to, you know, I get it and I'm you know, like, you know, this can't be for me. So I tear it up and throw it in the trash. And then I go and I get one the second semester and, and you know, I go to the guy down the hall and I say, hey, you know, what, what is this? Why do you keep sending me these credit cards? And they say, he says, you know, Leon, that's not a credit card. That's a refund check. Right. I'm like, what do you mean a refund check? Like, why would the school that costs this much owe me any money? And, you know, it took him about 30 minutes to convince me that I could spend that money. And so I wouldn't try to get that back, uh, but they would give it back to me. So right. Indiana State owed me about $5,000. <laughs> but, but, you know, the experiences like that show me that the world is made up of more good people than there are bad. Yeah. And we let the, the few bad really control the narrative and, and really push agendas and, and really control how we think about one another. And so we miss so many opportunities to really engage and, and learn and yeah. love on one another. And so, you know, for me, I've, I've been very blessed in, in, in the sense that, again, I've always had people looking out for me. You know, they say, well, God love babies and fools and I ain't no baby, so I must be a fool. <laughs> but, but I mean, I really have been fortunate to have the right people in my yes, life at yes. the right time. I mean, again, when, when I was, you know, five, you know, we were actually taken from my parents 
and 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 put in foster care. And when I was seven, we get we we were back with our parents, and they moved us to Indianapolis. We were from Anderson, but you know, every at every turn, at any time that I I needed someone, I mean, and God put them in my life before I needed them. Yeah. And so you know, I you know, so so when I needed them, the relationship was there. Yes. You know, I knew who I could go to in these tough times, and I mean, I, I needed every single one of those folks. I needed, you know, again, I needed Bob when when I was a junior in, in in college. I needed Mr. Mays when I was a junior in college. I needed Ken Britt when I was, you know, really starting my career and trying to find out how I fit in the space of Indianapolis. I needed, you know, President Elsner when when you know I'm trying to figure out who I am and you know how does how do I play a, a part in you know this bigger this bigger space that that Marion is now occupying mm-hmm. in the city and and even nationally and regionally. You know, and, and I and I, I wasn't sure of myself. I wasn't, you know, I, I might come off as confident, but everybody has, you know, those moments where you're like, sure. am I, you know, the, the imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. And you're like, you know, what do I, what do I bring? And they were very, very good about helping me identify those spaces that, that I do well. And, and even some of those areas I, I need to improve. And so trusting them to, to, to put me in good positions, but also being, again, stupid enough to listen. And, and eager enough to make the the changes necessary, and so I've really just been blessed with with amazing people around me, white, black, brown. You know, I, I've truly been blessed when I look back on it. And and you know, really the the the, the biggest challenge for me was moving from Vegas, where you know I spent you know my roaring twenties in Vegas, you know, and then moving back and realizing that Walmart does close, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it was it was a challenge, you know, in, in, in connecting with other black men yeah you know and and it was 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 a real challenge for me um and so in starting diversity and leadership what i've been able to do is i'm the biggest beneficiary i say of, of that program because i get to meet so many amazing men and women doing awesome things and and i feel like i get to empower them to do more and so you know diversity and leadership has been great but but i mean really like i said i i can't thank marion i can't thank you know the the, the people that that God has put around me enough because they're the reason that I'm I'm where I'm at. That's that's so amazing. I mean, I have a pretty tough story with regard to just not having exposure and guidance and knowing where to go and that opportunities exist. You got a pretty tough story. Like that's pretty amazing. I mean, and it should be because it's inspiring for me. I hope that it's inspiring for others to let people know, you know, there are always tough times, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, there are people put in your life. I mean, I wouldn't be here without all the people who kind of led me this way. Absolutely. I didn't even know this path existed. Yeah, so yeah. it is very critical to have mentors. And I really like what you said about, you know, being I don't think you quite said ignorant enough, but, you know, foolish enough to listen and be curious and like wonder what else is out there and what particularly when people are pouring into you and saying, hey, you can do this thing. Like, have you thought about it? So let's talk about diversity and leadership a bit. I know that that's one of the programs that you're you're talking about. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, particularly being a person in academia, You know, I I think you and I mentioned briefly, you know, I've got a son going to college right now. Mm -hmm. We now have the opportunity. You're leading a college that is tailored and absolutely serving diverse folks and Mm -hmm. kind of your non-traditional students. 
And so I want to know your thoughts around, you know, the the current recent events where the Supreme Court is looking at and has the possibility to overturn affirmative action. I know, you know, both of us kind of grew up in the time frame where Mm -hmm. at least, you know, 20 years ago, getting more black folks and Hispanics and diverse, that was a real push. And I have no doubt that I'm a beneficiary of affirmative Mm -hmm. action, even with, you know, all the good grades and whatever at that time. It was thought to be a benefit and an added value to be able to provide diversity to a college campus or community. What do you think and how do you think that will affect your student enrollment, the people that, you know, you serve and just generally from uh, the vantage point of a university or a college who's seeking to continue diversifying a student roster? How how do you think that may have impact on you? Let me step back. I, I've, I've, I was foolish to forget the role that my fiance and, and my children have had in, in my development and in helping me stay grounded. You know, Jasmine and, and my, that's my fiance, who's now a nurse anesthetist at Arnett in Los Lafayette. And then my, my two children, Cameron and Leon. Cameron's birthday was last weekend. Leon's is this weekend. So we have this two week sprint right. where we're doing birthdays. <laughs> but, but I absolutely love them and, and, and grateful for them to, to have them as they, you know, help me remain grounded and, and focused on really what my, my job is. And that's creating opportunities, not only for them, but, but people who look like them. And so, so as far as affirmative action, let me, let me say, I, I don't know what other universities are doing and have done. I know that while many of them are, are trying to find artificial ways to boost enrollment, especially with black and brown students, Marion has been on a, a path where, you know, we that is a focus of ours. And, and in our education program, normally in education programs, you'll see about seven and a half percent. When I was there, we, we were able to get diversity in the education program specifically up to almost 36%. I know that our business school was just ranked number eight nationally and number one in the Midwest for diversity. I can't speak, I know our our Latino uh, uh, initiative um, that has helped our enrollment of Hispanic and Latino students to 17%. Our our African-American students are about 17% across the university. And so I I can't really speak on other universities and, and their efforts. But I know that Marion's been committed to that space well before it became, you know, popular. Right. And 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 also, you know, being mindful that it's it's one of those things that that's where the money is now. So Marion was doing it before it was cool. I, I can right. I can honestly say that that's been an, a focus area for the president and, and for Dr. Britt and our admissions team for a very very long time. At least since I've been there in the seven years, that's been a focal point. Period. What I'll say is this: as far as you know, nationally, we understand that the biggest beneficiary of, of affirmative action was not black and brown people. Right. The biggest beneficiary was was Caucasian women. Right. And so... Uh, Similar to the current diversity efforts. I mean, the, they have been the biggest beneficiaries absolutely. of all the corporate absolutely. diversity efforts absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We need more women in, in power. We need more women in our in our schools, especially in our graduate programs, because we'll you'll see, especially in business school, you know, they're 50 percent of the students in, in an undergrad and they'll become, you know, 10, 15 percent in graduate programs, business graduate programs. So, I mean, certainly, you know, we need more leaders there. And, and I mean, when women are given the opportunity, they absolutely crush it, regardless of race. We also know that, you know, African-American women as a group are the most educated group uh, in, in the country. 
And so, uh, again, I, I don't know what other universities are doing, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, do you cut your nose off to spite your face? Because as America is becoming more brown, they're going to have to change the way that they approach our communities. And, and it is on us to force them to do that. You know, we can sit back and hope that they come and come and get us right. or we can take our, our, our talents elsewhere. The marketplace is such that online schools and private schools and, and even public schools now need our students. And so it's on us to push them to, to recognize what we bring to the table. And, and if not, you know, there's there's HBCUs, there's other spaces. But we have some amazing universities here locally that are doing, you know, really good work. IUPUI, I know, you know, have an opportunity to work with Phil Powell. You know, he's he's about that life. Yeah. You know, he 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 doesn't just talk it. He, I mean, he's really active in it. Working with Notre Dame, I mean, they're very intentional about their efforts now. Butler University, Dr. Caldwell, President Danko. I mean, they're very intentional. They made some very intentional hires of recent. And so, you know, I think we've, we, we have a, a long way to go, but I think we've come a long way. And, you know, it's up to us as a community to, to let them know, you know, we're not just going to settle for whatever. This is what we demand from higher ed. And, and, you know, if they don't respond, I mean, again, there's enough outlets out there that we can, we can maneuver with without them. So that seems to me, Leon, that you seem hopeful that even in the absence of a legal standard, that universities, at least even local universities, and I know you said you can't speak for them. I understand that. But just generally, you're in that space. You think that they they will still be committed to diversity, equity, inclusion in the student body, even if there's not you know, the the legal and even financial incentives to do so. Yeah, I, I think locally, especially, I think I think we'll be fine. I think where you're where, where the really where you really see it in is in those more selective yeah, universities. Ivy League, the Ivy Harvards Leagues. and yeah, Yales yeah. and Stanford's that's really competitive. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's where you'll really see it. Not that we I mean we have some amazing universities here in, in the state. But but really where you'll see it is, is in, in, yeah, in those spaces. Right. But, you know, again, it's one of those things. America's becoming more brown. I mean, yeah. they have to have strategies to attract our students, no matter what, you know, what quality of education they offer, whether it's Harvard or Yale or, you know, anywhere. They're going to have to create a strategy to attract our students. If not, I mean, they'll be closing down like some of these others yeah, <laughs> because yeah. enough of them closing down. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. You you know Jimmy McMillan, I oh, think. Yeah. And uh, your story, although not exact, reminds me a lot of his, like real true challenges yeah. as childhood that you have now overcome. Nobody would know where you come from or the yeah. challenges or struggles. And so I'm always interested, you know, as a black female, I'm always coming from the vantage point of a woman and women of color because we know we're typically on the bottom of the food chain. But I'm always interested to inquire as to those challenges that black men specifically mm-hmm. or men of color, diverse men, mm-hmm face in corporate America, academia that are specific to them. In other words, that go beyond race or ethnicity, but are specific to your race and your gender. And, And Jimmy had some thoughts about that. So I'd like to ask you as well, do you think there are specific challenges that are faced by men of color or black and brown men specifically that may not be faced by even other diverse men or men of different persuasions yeah i I, i'd always say so so to that that question the answer is yes 
oftentimes it's, it's in simple exposure, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't, we're not exposed to a lot of things that our, our, that our counterparts are. We're seen as, you know, threats. You know, it, it's, you see that in, in how they deal with us. You see it in how they reprimand us, how they, you know, any contact that, that they come in, you know, they have with us. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, there's an aggression there that's, you know, I don't know that's that's quite necessary. But I mean, again, you know, you will have those folks, but the majority of them are, majority of people, yeah. you know, not just, you know, white people or black people or brown people, majority of people are good people. Yeah. You know, we don't live in a world like this if the majority of people are bad people. Right. Um, so we have a, a lot of, you know, just good people in the world. Jimmy being one of those, I mean, he's a guy that I, I go to very often. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's, you know, big brother always thankful for him for the, the efforts that he he's taken on with the the motor speedway you know I, I really hadn't been to the motor speedway as as a you know up until my 30s because when you know growing up on the east side of, of town yeah. you're, you're told you know around memorial day you stay away from that yeah, side of town. yeah you know it's a bunch of drunk people and it's a bunch of cops and, yeah. and you're you're not to be over there and not until i got into a wreck with one of the 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 individuals on the board for ims did i ever even go to ims and so he you know he jack snyder great man um he he hit me just for the record. <laughs> just in case, in case any lawyers are listening, he hit me. But he, he you know, we we got into the wreck, and, and and from there we 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 developed a, a great relationship. And and he was like, Leon, you know, you you ever been to the race? I'm like, no, <laughs> I never been to that race. And he's like, well, you're gonna come with me. I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, he was on the board of trustees for Marion. Great man, just you know. And uh, he he invited me to the race for the first time, and I'm like. Oh, is this what this is? Like, I thought this was completely different. Right. And so, you know, again, you know, kudos to to Jimmy for you know exposing our community and our young people to that space because it's an amazing space. I mean, it's something we as a community, as a as a city, should be very proud of, no matter what what color we are. And I think everybody should take the chance and the opportunity to go out and and, and see that. And 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 Jimmy has really opened that space up for us a great deal. So so thank you to him. But I mean. There, there are challenges for sure. I've, I've experienced microaggressions. I've experienced, you know, outright, you know, just racism. But you know, again, if if you let that stop you, oh sure, you know, you, you'll you'll always have an excuse to stop. Um, but but I'm a I'm a tech kid. You know, I'm 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 built for it. So you know, I'm 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 yeah. I was I was I was ready every time. You know that that something like that came up. You know, I. I you know, I was able to navigate it. Again, sometimes you just got to walk away and, and just be like, okay, I'll find another way around you and right. then I'll see you on the other side. Right, right. And, and you know, you do good work, you show up and, and you're a good person. You know, you'll have, you'll have your opportunities. And again, you know, they may not look exactly how you, you want them to look. But, or come when you think come, they should come. Or come right? when you think they should come. Right. But you do good work, you treat people well. You'll you'll have you know more than enough opportunities to 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 demonstrate you know who you are, and that's really what we try to do with diversity and leadership is is create those opportunities and challenge companies to to identify and intentionally grow their black and brown and women talent. And so you know it, it's it's you know one one vehicle, but I mean I feel like we've had such a great impact in just one year. Yeah. So I want to talk about diversity and leadership and I want to talk about you as chancellor at St. Joseph's, because, of course, I think most local folks 
very much appreciate Marion and who yep. Marion is. Mm-hmm. I don't know that everybody knows what St. Joseph's is and what that kind of uh, initiative is and who that target audience is. Yeah. So I'd like you to tell us about that, about St. Joseph, about your role there. Mm-hmm. Who do you report to? Mm-hmm. What you know? What are the initiatives? What are the strategies you're implementing? And what are the goals you're hoping to see there? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been the chancellor of St. Joseph's College since September of last year, okay. 2022. And so St. Joseph's is, you know, one of our, our we, we say multinodal campuses where we have at Marion, the Ancilla College, we have our main campus, we have St. Joseph's and we have several satellite locations around the country. And so I serve as the chancellor. As chancellor, basically I'm tasked with running everything pertaining to that particular campus from recruiting to mm. curriculum to employment to you know the whole nine so we are able to we are able to lean on Marion and 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 you know the the structures that we have there to support but we have a, a very vibrant community there at St. Joseph's St. Joseph's is a collaboration between what used to be St. Joseph's and Rensselaer, or still is. I don't, I don't know where they stand with that, but it, it's a collaboration between Marion and St. Joseph's. And what we are is what we call Earn and Learn College. So our students are more traditional students. So that 17, 18, 19 year old student, though hmm. we do support uh, students who come, you know, at, you know, later on. Our students work and go to school. Mm. So our students are required to work. Um, and so Monday, Wednesday, Friday in their first year, they're working basically, I mean, they're, they're in class, I'm sorry, nine to five. Tuesday and Thursday, they're working with an employer partner. Wow. Each one of our students earns $25,000 for the two days that they work. That's important because a, a high school graduate working five, six days a week mm-hmm. will earn about that same 25000 So our students are working the two days a week. For a year? Is that $25,000 a year, year for the two days? Yep, for the That's two days. Awesome. A okay. year for the two days. Yeah. To attend is 18000 So what we want to do is provide them with the resources to pay for school, even if they don't have get a single dime in financial aid. And so that allows every student an opportunity to work their way through school and not take out loans. Our generation was different, right, in, in that they said you go to college if you want to get a good job. And, you know, you took the debt along with it. I got so much debt, it's crazy. If you ever want to borrow some, I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about but, to pay mine off. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. So it could be like both ours. Uh, <laughs> and so so, so our students, you know, pay 18. That covers all of their classes, all of their books, provides them with a laptop, covers all their wow. fees, and also provides them with a meal plan so that any day that they're on campus, they're able to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so what we've been able to do in in one year, our enrollment is up about 380% wow. over last year when I took over. Our our applications are up now this year over last year about 1,800%. Our admits are up about 1,900%, if not a little bit more. And so our students are are working and and thriving. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're 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 in class. Tuesday, Thursday, they're working. Their second year, they actually switch. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're they're working. Tuesday, hmm. Thursday, they're in class. And so, you know, what we've been able to do again is is really create a culture where young people know that they can come be loved on and and thrive. And so our program is about ninety seven percent black and brown students, hmm. which is very different than than most people would think of of, of a Marion campus. Again, Marion's done great 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 things in, in increasing diversity, but we're very intentional about that that space. Students with GPAs as low as a 1.5 can be admitted. 
there is a process for those students because we want to know that we can not only admit you, but support you and, and make sure that you cross that stage. If you Once you complete the program, the two years, it's an associate-bearing program. Okay. Once you complete that program, you're able to transfer to any of the universities, you know, in any university for the most part. You can continue to work. Like if you really just love your job and you're at Roche or you're at, you know, any of these other spaces, Indigo, shout out to Inez. She's mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. uh, big, big time. But, um, you know, and shout out to all of our our, um, our employer partners. They've been amazing. Um, but you can you can continue to work if you really just love what you're doing. And the other option is to trans- transition to Marion where the price that you pay in at St. Joe, you continue to pay that same price at Marion. So eighteen thousand, you remain, you continue to pay the the eighteen thousand. Now Marion costs about thirty eight thousand. St. Joe costs eighteen, right? And so if you do the math, I mean that's over the course of four years that saves you you know eighty thousand dollars, sure, right? And so so those students who transition over, you know, are still able to save you know that that amount of money and and, and ends up being great for you know the school, the community. We need educated black and brown students. That's pretty amazing. So basically they're coming out of high school or thereabout, mm-hmm. going to St. Joe, getting an associate's. So do you know how many people actually make the jump and continue their education at Marion or otherwise, like take yeah. that associate's and go on for, you know, a four year degree? Yeah, we're about ninety seven percent. So everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a great opportunity. That's awesome. But but you know, again, we 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 our job is not only to teach them, but it's also to again love on them. Yeah. Challenge them, push them. Build their confidence, build, let them know they can absolutely. do it. Yeah. Especially coming out of out of out of, a, out of a time like COVID. Yeah. Right? Where I mean, you and I, we we had a, a snow day and it was pandemonium. Right. right? Don't right. let it be a whole week. Right. Oh man, it's crazy I was like, right I, you know and, and and trying to recover even from a week off sure. you know was was is was pretty tough when we were in school or at least when i was in school i can't speak for you but when i was in school you know you get a week off i mean that's that that sets you back but with 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 these students i mean they've they've had full years taken from them yeah you know and the expectation is that they come in ready and so what we're able to do is we have to, what I always tell our staff is we have to be exceptional at remediation. Yeah. We have to get them ready, basically from taking them from a high school sophomore. Sure. Mindset, ability, yes. capability, you know, and, and get them in two years to a college level. Yeah. Not just a college level, but a college junior. Right. And so we have to be exceptional in that space of, of remediation and getting them ready. Um, but we also lean on our employer partners to help you know, provide some some value, some experience, some exposure, some opportunities to mature. And so, you know, we're, we're very different than a, than a space like Ivy Tech. We're intentionally very small. We don't want a class to be over 150 students because we don't want a single class room to be any larger than 17 students. Right. Because again, our, our faculty are not only charged with teaching, they're also charged with mentoring and supporting our right, students. Right. So where most most colleges and universities, they'll come in, the professor wants to show you how smart they are, you know, and and you know, make the class as difficult as they can. Our job is to make sure that it's it's understandable, it's applicable today. Right. And 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 that you walk away fully affirmed that you understand what what's happening and what's going on and and how you can apply that immediately. And so that's that's what we're charged with. And and we we've done a really, really good job of assembling a team that that is able to do that at a very, very high level. And then on top of that, you got the support of a, a of an institution like Marion who who, you know, 
works with us and and, and supports us and, and our students. And so our students can live on campus at Marion if they decide to. Our students get every benefit that, that every other Marion student gets. Uh, again, the difference is our students work and they have a, a kind of a different schedule. But other than that, I mean, they're taking classes on Marion's campus. So the, the experience is very, very similar. But but again, we also have a, a culture where the students come in, they know they're loved, they know that they're known, they know that they're going to be challenged. And 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 because they're loved, we can challenge them in, in, in yeah. a way that most, most spaces can't. I, I so appreciate that. I have to believe that so much of your increase in admissions and applications, mm-hmm. not only is because you're doing excellent work, but it's because of COVID. Absolutely. I mean, as a parent who just had, you know, a student go through COVID and now at the end as a senior, I think he's okay. But I certainly appreciate that there are a lot of parents who are like, no, they really are behind. Yeah. And I don't know what to do at this yeah. point. Yeah. That gives a couple more years to kind of prepare Absolutely. them. And to your point, do some remediation, build their confidence, yeah. let them know that they can do it before they go on to that next level. And I got to believe that's probably a great comfort to a lot of parents, right? Absolutely. Now. And, and and counselors, right? Who are who Absolutely. are tasked with finding opportunities for young people. Absolutely. I mean, and, and you asked me how how we've grown enrollment. It is through relationships. It's it's knowing at Tech High School, I can go to Miss Pounds and say, Miss Pounds, you know, what what students can I serve and support? Right, right. Being able to go to Believe Academy and work with their team, being able to go to Crispus Addicts and, and Dr. Franklin and, and and the great team that she has over there, going being able to go to Short Ridge, being able to go to George Washington. You know, we've really done a great job with you know IPS schools. So you know they're they're doing a great job, con- you know, considering you know all the, the things that are thrown at them. Yeah, and really. so, but but our job is to step in there, understand our role. You know, know your role, play your part. Our role and our part is to get those students again mindset, ability basically from a high school sophomore yeah. to to a college junior. And so we got two years to do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very confident in our ability to do that um, with, with young people who are committed to, to putting in the work. And so and, and the president has promised and has demonstrated that he'll support us at in any way, shape or form that that we need and our students need. And, and because of that, partnership and, and relationship and support, our students have been very, very successful in, in making that that jump. The Freedom Forum would like to thank all of you for joining us on this last episode of 2022. Now, let's take a quick break. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with the Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand podcast. Available now at InsideIndianaBusiness.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I was just going to ask you, but it seems like you are fully supported by your leadership and your management. What about as you're having, you said um, your students are about 97% black and brown students. Mm -hmm. Is that also reflected in your faculty and staff? Do you have that kind of representation as well? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Again, we're very intentional. Students need to see people who look like them in those kinds of roles. Again, Marion has been very intentional itself about, you know, hiring faculty of, of color and, you know, and staff of color. And so, so, you know, it's, 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 
ingrained in the culture there yeah. and, and it's the expectation for sure. So so tell me about this diversity and leadership mm-hmm. program at Marion and that you have involved with that you founded, right? You you yes, started ma'am. this. Yes. yes. And, and tell me how, number one, how it's been instrumental in facilitating educational and career advancement opportunities yeah. for diverse folks. And most <clears> importantly, <throat> tell me how other career or corporate entities who may be interested in getting involved can yeah. contact you or get connected to the program to either provide opportunities for your program students or provide people to go to your program? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for for asking that. So diversity and leadership is designed to help create and build up more black and brown and women executives. Uh, There's an emphasis on women who have left the workforce for at least a year. Okay. We understand that during COVID, almost 2 million women left the workforce. It is my belief that Indianapolis has all the makings of the next major economic engine. We can be Nashville. We can be better than Nashville, actually. Nashville is a great city, but I believe we're a great city as well. You know, when when you look at where we sit, the opportunities that come through here, we have everything. 16 Tech and, and Emily over there is, is doing amazing work yeah. in the innovation space. High Alpha and, and, and that team over there is, is really driving Elevate Ventures, is really driving interest in our city in, when it comes to the tech space. Um, when you look at, you know, what we've been able to do as far as infrastructure and, you know, just health of the economy. I mean, we have it all. What we lack is talent. One of the things that, that it, I see all the time and you might see it, you know, at least seven times a week, I got a friend talking about, I, I'm moving to Atlanta. I'm mm-hmm. moving to this space. I'm moving to that space. And Indianapolis is seen as a stepping stone city, mm-hmm. right? Where it's, I'm here so I can get somewhere else. Right, right, I'm right. Not, I'm, right. You know, right. When, when, when I got people who moved to Atlanta, didn't have a place to stay, didn't have a, you know, didn't have a nothing, right? Moved, people who moved to New York, didn't yeah. have anything. I mean, I'm asleep on somebody's couch so I get it figured out. Right. I just want to be in this space. LA, very similar. Mm-hmm. Vegas, similar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Texas, similar. Okay. I, I'm going to, I want to be in this space and I'll figure out the other stuff. I'll get a job at some point. Right. What, and, and, and so what we see is our black and brown, our black talent in particular, moving to those spaces because they don't feel like there's an opportunity here for them. Right. And so diversity and leadership is designed to help create more black and brown and women executives in central Indiana, really growing our bench because we have it all. And the part of it is too is we don't know what we have. Right. We That's don't right. know what's going on here. Right? right. We don't know where these pockets of opportunity and money are. And so we feel that this isn't a space for us. So we go looking for it somewhere else. Right. And so what diversity leadership is, does is it's a collaboration. It's actually the largest collaboration between universities in the history of the state where we partner with IU, Purdue, Notre Dame, Butler, and Marion. And they go through a seven-month program. They, they get an executive coach. Uh, we do supplemental programs to include a speaker series where we're really trying to build these folks up, especially in the areas of, of finance and strategy. Because to me, that's the biggest difference between a manager and an executive, right? right. Someone who understands the strategy, the big picture, right, the how vision. all this folds yeah. in. Yeah. But then also looking at a P&L or a balance sheet and saying, okay, you know, where can I pull, what leverage can I pull right. in order to make, move the organization forward? Right. And so we, we those are, are two key focuses. And so an individual goes through the program, they spend three days at each of our um, university partners. And so <clears throat> what what we try to do is expose them to all the opportunities that are available to them from a postgraduate 
perspective. Right. And so they, they, they are challenged to take the learnings and apply it to a stretch project. And so we work with them in, 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 with the individuals and, and their employers to say, okay, this is where Leon wants to be. He wants to be an executive. This is where Leon is now. Now, what are Leon's strengths? What are his weaknesses? How do we mitigate some of those weaknesses and really play to his strengths to help him get where he wants to be? Yeah. If you really want Leon to be effective and and inspired and, and hopeful and and encouraged, right. right? And so, how do you how do you you know what can we do to help him get there? And really, again, we focus on you know helping them build an active network. When I talk active network, I'm talking about, you know, when you think about a party, you probably throw a great party. <laughs> I've never been invited because I'm, I'm not that cool. But <laughs> I haven't thrown a party in a very long time. <laughs> well, when you do, invite me. So I can say, but I can say you throw a great party. But but what happens is you 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 get these, you're throwing a party and you have those people who who show up and they just want to take pictures. They want to say, I got here. Nobody was here. I got here and the food was bad. I got here and, oh, man, this thing is everything that, that she promised, right? They just want to report what's going on in your life. You right. know, those, those Facebook folks, right? right, right those right. Instagram folks. Right. Um, and then you have those people who are there to dance, right? They come. You, you ask them to come. You, you say, you know, you know, bring something with you. They they do that with they do that, and then they're on the floor dancing, right? They're engaged. They're right. there for what they're there for. And then you have those people who stay after and help you clean up, right? Right. right? right. And and so we're trying to build up more people who are black and brown. This ecosystem of, of black and brown and women and, and and white men as well who are there to stay after and help you clean up. Yeah. And so in that. You know, you have an active network. So when when Angela calls and says, "Hey, I need you here. I need you ready to donate five thousand dollars. I need you. I need you to be ready to do this, 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 because that's going to help me, right? It also helps them. We need active in, in engagement from right. our network, right? Yeah, I could say I, I know this person or that person, but do you know them? Like, can you call them right now and they right. answer? Right. So we need more of those folks, right? You also need the skills and abilities. Right. It, you know, they can like you all day, but if you can't do the job, you can't do the job. That's right. And then part of that is is credentialing. Right. We also need the credentials to demonstrate our ability in these different spaces. And so you complete this this program after seven months. We do two cohorts a year, one in January, one in July. You complete the program after seven months and you are able to go into any of those MBA programs with a significant discount up to 50 percent. You're able to forego the GRE and the GMAT requirements in most instances, and it's a streamlined admissions process. So it really is designed to eliminate a lot of the the fears right. from you know from from having to take out a bunch of money in, in in debt and loans to do I fit in? Am I good enough? So you're sitting in these classes, taking classes with these faculty that are teaching you will teach you in these programs. You're meeting current and former students, so you get to make an informed decision about what program fits you well. And so, you know, we've had, you know, a little bit of success in one year. I mean, we've had our first cohort, we had 48 people apply. We took 21. Our second cohort, we had 306 people apply. Wow. We had, we took 35, but it ended up settling on, on 26. So of those 47 people who completed the program, 32 have been promoted at least once. Yeah. At their, at their jobs. At, at some job. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. so, 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 20, 30, 32 have been pr promoted at least once, 26 at least twice. Yeah. Eight of them have been promoted to executive level roles. Seven people started new businesses. One expanded their business from Kokomo to, to Indianapolis. We, we were able to help increase the, 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 the salary. The average increase in salary has been about $40,000.
That's real money. Absolutely. That's real opportunity. And Absolutely. so, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm very intentional about is that so what? You go through a bunch, there's a lot of leadership programs Absolutely. out there. But the, 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 you know, I get a piece of paper. Great. You know, so what? Mm-hmm. Right. Really, what has that done for me? And so being able to step into these these partner institutions and get your MBA. You could also go to Marion and get your your doctorate in organizational leadership. So those are real opportunities. Those yeah. are tangible opportunities. Right now we have 11 people who completed our program out of the 47, 11 people getting their MBAs at Notre Dame. Wow. We have 11 people getting their MBAs at IU. We have several people very interested in the Butler and the, and the Purdue programs. We have two getting their doctorate at Marion. We have one person who decided, you know, I really just want to go to to to, to Howard. That's always been my dream school. And already, she already had a doctorate, but just really wanted to always say she went to Howard. So she went and did the online program at Howard. We have one person who was accepted to the London Business School from our program. Wow. Another person that is currently getting their executive MBA at MIT. And so we we in one year, we've been able to help generate and, and help them obtain over $980,000 in scholarships and scholarships for the people who went and got their MBAs and doctorates. That's amazing. It's that's, not bad. Yeah, so that's the so what. That's <laughs> yeah, a pretty it, good it's, so it's, what. It's the so what. Yeah, sure. so that's that's really interesting, Leon. And so as, again, you said that these students, some of them have gotten promoted. Mm-hmm. Are these students who are self-applying or are these students who are in a corporate environment and their corporations are applying on their behalf or yeah. they're applying, you know, how's that work? Yeah. So, so most of them are applying on their own. So cohort two, we had 306 people apply. Cohort three, we had 422 people apply. Wow. We had 62 did not live in Indiana. So they were going to fly in or drive wow. into Indiana so to do the program. So it's spreading, it's spreading. Yeah, for That's sure. Great. So we have three companies who are, one in Florida, one in Missouri, one in in, in D.C. saying, how do I fly my people there wow. to get them into this program? And and so now we're looking at potentially doing one in Ohio with several universities to really help their community. But I mean, for me, it starts, starts in, 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 and I, I again, I love love our, our city so much. I've done a you know a, a very bad job with with social media and in marketing in general, but I mean it's word of mouth. Yeah. You know when you start seeing people's spouses apply, you know they're going home and saying good things. Yeah, absolutely. you know, and so the universities have been amazing to work with. I mean, you know when 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 you have them calling you saying how can we do more, yeah. how can we be better, how can we so- continue to support, it, you know that's that's really what makes it cool. So as we begin to wrap up, I want to ask you as ambassador and chancellor for St. Joseph's, you know, what are two or three tools or tips you would provide for our corporate environment with regard to hiring students Mm -hmm. that may only have a bachelor's degree? Or we talked to Pete Yonkman on our last episode or one of the previous episodes about, you know, instituting in the corporate setting Mm -hmm. programs and initiatives that's like your diversity and leadership Mm -hmm. that allow you to do both, to go get an education while you're working and how successful and impactful that's been Mm -hmm. in the local community. Mm -hmm. What are some thoughts you have to, you know, advise our corporate environment about how they can better partner with universities and such to kind of implement some of these programs that touch on education and working at the same time, not necessarily one after or before the other? Yeah. You know, uh, there are several companies who have really embraced 
the, especially the diversity and leadership program as a way to, again, to build that talent pipeline. Republic Airways is one who, who's been at the forefront and, and Rob Lowe over there and their team have really took, you know, they didn't just dip their toe in it. They, they dove in. Right, right. Um, and so they've, they've made a commitment to developing, you know, a significant number of, of their folks who are diverse. And so really appreciative of, of that relationship and, and that opportunity. And so it's a great, diversity and leadership is a great way to identify talent, recruit talent, and, and retain talent. Because yeah. again, if there's no way for me that I can foresee for me to get from point A right. to point to, you know, to Z, right. you know, if I don't see that, I'm going to be looking to move on, especially in today's today's Absolutely. time. I mean, you know, talent is, 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 you know, the number one commodity right now. That's right. You know, if, if you don't have the talent, you will not be successful. That's right. And so so challenging organizations to, to hey, you know, I, I, I want to do this. And I need your support on this from time and and, and resources because but, and, and, and but part of that requires that you go in with the plan like, hey, this is how I'm this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to leverage this thing to help me be better at this. All right. And so so part of it is on us to, to prove the 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 necess- the the worth of right. and the value that 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 we bring, but also this opportunity will add. And so, companies are are reaching out and and saying, "Hey, how do we leverage this to grow our talent?" I was talking to someone yesterday, and you know, he he's like, "We need people in this program because we we understand that we will lose them if we don't develop our people." Right. And and it's hard to replace good people. Right. As far as with, with St. Joe, it's a great opportunity. Young people are saying, hey, not only do I not want to take on a bunch of debt, but I get out with a bachelor's degree and you're telling me I still need two years of work experience. That's right. And, you know, to, to have, you know, this degree that I work for. And so really higher ed is, has been inconsistent at best in producing the talent that industry needs. Right. And so the great thing about St. Joe is that, again, that work experience is built in. Yes. So you have a young person who, you know, has an associate's degree, but has two years of real work experience. Absolutely. They, they know the culture. They know the people. They know the 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 ins and outs of the organization. And and that's a great person to to invest in. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's a person who's going to help the organization long term particularly as a young person absolutely right? yeah absolutely. you've got some longevity yeah, there that yeah. if you invest early you can certainly reap the benefits yeah. and on so the back end. so you know those who have embraced the, the earn and learn model you know initially you know like man twenty five thousand for two days that's an investment right if you are not willing to make those kinds of investments in people you're going to struggle to find talent but but we we do a great job of working with our employer partners who who have made it a point to say you know what this kid's going to come in. They probably never had a job. So there's going to be some challenges. But at the same time, you know, I'm committed to developing right. them for not only their betterment, but the betterment of us as well. That's right. And so, you know, really creating, you know, real opportunities for, for the young people to learn and grow is is vital. You know, this is the time that you get them in, you know, waiting until, it, you know, they're a senior in, in college right. to engage with them is you know that that that's old and that, you, and, you, and you'll lose you absolutely. know with that strategy but we we have some some like i said you know we have some great 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 uh employer partners who have gone above and beyond 
for our students. And, and we've really been appreciative of, of their support. That's awesome. I, I really like that. And I think that is a great way to end this episode, but also capitalize on so many things that Peter really talked about, because I think you're absolutely right. I remember getting a full degree and coming out and they saying, oh, but you don't have any work experience yeah, yeah, and just sure. being so frustrated yeah, by that. Yeah. And that's really a, a way to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. And most aptly prepare the next generation of talent to truly be ready to take on the next, the most, you know, viable jobs, the most viable career opportunities. So Leon, it's been great speaking with you today. Thank you so much for telling us all about what St. Joseph's has going on, all the opportunities that are available for so many people in our community, particularly black and brown people and Mm. young students who are still looking for non-traditional opportunities Mm -hmm. to follow a more traditional path. I think it's really good to let our corporate audience and our academic audience know that that is a viable option right here in our backyard. So thanks for coming on and speaking with us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, It's always a a pleasure to be with you. You know, you're like like big sister. Absolutely, (laughs) you know, enjoy being around you, your energy. You know, you're you're always, you're you're, you're very wise. And so, you know, always feel like I'm, I'm better after a conversation. And so really appreciate you and and all that you do for the community as a whole, for the black community, and just representing us well. I mean, you do an amazing job with this platform and and everything else that you do. You give a lot of young people inspiration and, and, you know, again, you you help them see that, you know, I can do that too. That's right. That's all we can do, right? I mean, that's the whole job. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. And thank you for being on this 17th episode of IBJ's The Freedom Forum with Angela B. Freeman. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you again to Dr. Leon Jackson. And thanks to you for joining us on this 17th episode of IBJ's The Freedom Forum with Angela B. Freeman. Please come back next month for another conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the Central Indiana business community.